I'm glad you're here today. Um, if you have a Bible, you're welcome to turn to the book of Leviticus today, chapter 17. If you don't, there may be one around you. If not, trust me, I'm reading from the, the Word of God today. So, uh, it is our tradition as I read my opening scriptures, we typically stand for reading the Word. You're welcome to stand with us if you're comfortable with that. And if not, I, if we totally understand that today. But we'd love you to stand with us. I honor God's word here. And uh, one verse of scripture. It's kind of a, if you don't know much about the Bible, it's a little bit different scripture. And I will read it, leave it, and come back to it in just a few minutes. Now, again, I'm very thankful that you are here today. The Bible says in the book of Leviticus, verse, uh, chapter 17 and verse 11, it says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement to your souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. That's the Lord to bless today. Lord, we ask you to bless each and every guest that's here, God. Each and every person that's here today, Lord. We're thankful for this day, for what it means. Thankful for Easter, Lord. Lord, we celebrate your... Uh, the risen Savior that's, that gave his life for us and atonement for our sins and blood was shed for us. And Lord, I'm asking today that you would touch somebody in this building today that's struggling. Touch somebody today that feels like they just need a special touch in their life. And I'm asking you to help us today. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Say amen. 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 Thank you for standing the word. You may be seated. Um, Bob Hope, no doubt, us older ones for sure would remember that name. He is one of the great comedians of the last century, has since passed. As he was getting along in years, he once commented that he was reading and was astonished to find out and discover some facts. And this is the facts that he found out. He said that today my heart beat over 103,000 times. My blood traveled 168 million miles. I breathed 23,400 times. I held 438 cubic feet of air, ate three pounds of food, drank 2.9 pounds of liquid. I perspired 1.43 pints, gave off 85.3 degrees of heat. I generated 450 tons of energy. I spoke 4,800 words. It doesn't want to get you more than that. <laughs> Make sure he was listening away. I moved 750 major muscles and exercised 7 million brain cells. He paused for a second and then he said, it's no wonder I'm tired all the time. <laughs> I really think that most of us have no idea and how wondrous our bodies really are. God created our bodies 
to be an absolute incredible wonder, probably the most complex and well-designed machine or piece of what equipment, whatever you want to call ourselves, that there is. Um, I found some very amazing facts about our bodies that I want to share with us today. And I, I do want to apologize up front because I know it's, it's Easter and, and um, you come for maybe an Easter sermon. I'm going to give you that, but if you'll bear with me this morning for a few minutes, it's going to sound more like a health class than it is Easter sermon. But if you'll bear with me, I'll try to make it interesting if I can. Uh, do we realize that in one square inch of our skin, you will find approximately, in general, 65 hairs, 19 yards of blood vessels, 78 yards of nerves, 78 sensors for heat, 13 sensors for cold, 160 sensors for pressure, 650 sweat glands, 1,300 nerve ends, and 9,500,000 cells. That's just one square inch of your skin. The skin serves a lot of purposes, including providing protection, shield from bacteria and viruses, absorbing bumps and bruises that, that would damage our bones if we didn't have the skin and our internal organs. And in that inch of skin, you'll find sweat glands in your body that double the duty and, and they help eliminate waste and it also helps cool our body. Then we look at our brain. There, our brain, it weighs about three pounds and it stores a hundred trillion bits of information that's over the course of 70 years. The storage capacity of our brain is roughly equal to 500,000 sets of encyclopedias. That is, if you stack them up, that would be 442 miles straight up in the air. That's how much our brains will accumulate and retain over a 70-year period. And we all do that unless you're using less than 100-watt uh, power, less than one, a 100-watt power bulb would take. Incredible, right? Our brain is serviced by about 45 miles of nerves. It sends impulses through our body as rapidly as 325 miles per hour. Our nervous system is so sensitive that you can feel on your fingertip or even perhaps your face pressure that is depressed on your bare skin that is uh, 400 thousandths of an inch. That is roughly the weight of a bee's wing. If it was to fall on your cheek, you would feel it. And then we look at our ears. Our ears never stop hearing, even when we're asleep. Our ears keep, keep us balanced. If your ears are messed up, they can get you off balance. They have the smallest bones that's known in our body is inside of our ears. And then our earlobes, they never stop growing. That's a little discouraging, I'm sorry. A piano, we have a piano here that has 85 keys on it, but they say our ears... Uh, has almost the capacity of a keyboard of 1,500 keys, or other words there, so finely tuned that your ear can hear the blood running through the vessels in your body. Our eyes, our eyes, they say, is so, uh, has the capability that we can see a flame 30 miles away on a clear, dark night, this flame of a small candle, 30 miles away on a clear, dark night. And our eyes can distinguish between among 300,000 different color variations. Then what about our nose? If I look around at people's noses, I love to do this. A little more looked at than others, I understand. <laughs> We're all different, ain't we? God created us different, but unique. You see, our noses, we can detect at least one tree in distinct scents. It can smell one drop of perfume that was diffused in a, in a room, a three-room apartment. You, our noses can smell that. And then we have our heart. Everybody say the heart. 
The heart is the central pump and the powerhouse that circulates the blood and provides oxygen and energy to the cells of our body. It is absolutely a very truly amazing organ that we have inside our body. The heart weighs around 7 to 15 ounces and pumps roughly 2,000 gallons of blood through our body every day. Our heart beats about 4,800 times per hour. That is, that is 115,000 times per day and about 42 million times per year. And the human heart will beat more than 3 billion times during an average lifetime. Our heart is located in the middle of our chest, kind of middle center, to the left of our breastbone. The heart is one, one great big muscle, but it's composed of several parts. And each part of that heart has a distinct function. But all the, all the parts of that heart, Brother Donnie, has to work together to keep blood moving through our body. Our body is truly an awesome and amazing thing that God created. Anybody believe that? Amen. Amen. Somebody clap your hands and be thankful He created it. As amazing and as awesome and incredible as all the parts of our body is, none of that would matter if we did not have what the heart pumps through us. And that is the blood. Look at your neighbor and say, the blood. You can live today without arms. You can live without legs. You can live without ears. You can live without a nose. You can live without... Uh, some internal parts of your body, like your, uh, maybe one kidney. And, uh, kidney. Oh, you can live with one lung in your body, but you cannot live without blood in your body. We cannot live without blood coursing and flowing through our body. The Bible verse that I read this morning tells us how important the blood is to us. Leviticus 17, 11 said, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. The American Red Cross and other blood donation organizations understand the importance of blood. And they challenge us to donate blood with the slogan that they have. Their slogan is, give the gift of life. How many ever given blood before? My wife is a phlebot phlebotomist and has been for almost five years. And since she has been that, I've given close to a little better than a gallon of blood because she's always saying, we need your blood. So... Uh, I get blood a lot more than I used to. How many has ever received blood? Anybody? Look at there. Somebody in this place, you saved life because you gave blood and some of these people received it. You see how important giving blood is? Amen. My wife will thank me later for promoting blood giving, I guess. But on this Easter 2019, I, I want to preach to this group of people on this subject for just a few, few more minutes here today. Blood, the gift of life. You know, there's a reason they challenge us, the American Red Cross and, and uh, other people, they challenge us to, to give blood. You can go to the American Red Cross's website and they give them several reasons why. I just want to name a few of them today. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs blood. More than 38,000 blood donations are needed every day. One out of every 10 people admitted to the hospital need blood. Total blood transfusions in a given year can be 14 million plus. The average red... Blood cell transfusion is approximately three pints. More than one million new people are diagnosed with cancer each year, and many of them will need blood, sometimes daily, during their chemotherapy treatments. A single car accident can require as many as 100 units of blood to one person. One donation helps save lives of three people. And perhaps the most important reason of all, blood cannot be manufactured. It can only come 
from somebody else that generously donates it. Now, I'm not here for a health class today. And I'm not here to promote uh, the giving of blood for the uh, American Red Cross or Baptist Health or wherever you go get blood at. But as important as blood donation is to assist giving people lives, and obviously some of you have received blood in this place, and you may not would be here if you hadn't received blood. As important that, as that is, how much greater is it than the greatest blood gift that was ever given in the history of mankind? That is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins at Calvary. I'm thankful today that he shed blood for us at Calvary one day. And I'm thankful that he gave me a blood transfusion that I could have real life in my life. But here's the thing. Before we can understand the significance and understand the blood of Jesus that he shed for us on the cross of Calvary. We need to consider where the source of all life comes from. The psalmist David wrote in Psalms 139 and 14. He said, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. No doubt David realized all the, he didn't realize all the facts that I just read to us about our bodies, how wonderful we're made, and how how and how complex our bodies are. Our bodies are more complex than the most uh, advanced computer that's out there. Our brains are more complex than the most advanced computers or, or technology that we have out there. David, before any of this, realized, Sister Linda, how complex our bodies was when he wrote how fearfully and wonderful that we are made. And I'm sure he didn't uh, uh, didn't understand all that, but no doubt he looked down at his body. Maybe he'd seen himself. Uh, in certain actions and he realized how wonderful his body was made and that's why he wrote that and he also wrote in, in Psalms he said my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth David was so impressed with the wonder of God's guilt of life that he, he began to speak about how we were just totally woven together this, this body that you see here today the body that you see in the morning it didn't just happen uh, I'm not just some accident I didn't happen out of some big bang uh, centuries or whatever years ago God made me God created you He created each one of us He fashioned us He molded us and He made us who we are today it didn't just happen I have value today you have value today we all have worth in this place today Amen. David also wrote in Psalms 139 1 through 6 he said oh Lord you have searched me you know me you knew when I was uh, you knew when I sit and when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar off you discern my going out and my lying down you are familiar with all my ways God before a word is on my tongue you know it completely isn't that amazing before you even speak a word God knows what you're fixing to say he said oh Lord you heal me in behind and before you have laid down your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for my brain to attain listen to me David come to the conclusion that that we were uh, were valuable individuals because he recognized that God created us today it was God that gave life it was God that gave us value it was God who gave us worth today and without God our life has no value $20 bill here today. Does anybody like it? Anybody? Just two people want this $20 bill? Seriously? 
What about now? You still want it? Yeah. Anybody still want it? Anybody still want it? Why do we still want this $20 bill? Dang. Why, why do we want this twenty dollar bill? I, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna give it to you because <laughs> you know what? It's torn. It's been crumpled. What well, if I never get back to where it was? Here. It's a dirty piece of paper that's been trampled on. It don't look like it did when I first brought it out a second ago. Why do we still want it? Because it's valuable. Is it the paper that's worth the $20? Is it the ink that this $20 bill has been printed? Is that what makes this bill worth anything to us today? No. Then you, I'm asking you today, then why is this piece of paper worth $20? I'll tell you today, it's because the government of the United States, which created it, says it's worth $20. And that is the only reason that this bill has any value whatsoever. It's because the person who created it, issued it, and gave it value. Now, if I had a powerful enough computer, and I had an efficient enough computer, I could print off almost an identical $20 bill, and some people do. And if I were to get a hold of paper that is made just like this paper here, an ink that is just like the ink that made this $20 bill, and I, I, I printed me off a bunch of $20 bills, and then I tried to use them at some local businesses, what would happen? They probably would arrest me, and I probably would go off to jail. Why? Because I tried to pass it off as if it had value, but it had none. Because I don't have the authority to give that $20 bill value. I don't have the authority. I, I could use the same kind of paper. I could use the same kind of ink that the government uses. But my paper would have no value. The ink that I had would have no value. Why? Because the government didn't create it. I want you to hear me today. If God didn't create us, you and me, or, or if you believe God did not create us, then you would have, you and I would have problems today. Because if God didn't create us, or, or if we didn't think that He created us, we have no reason to believe at all today that we had any greater value than any other living creature in the world. Whether we be the, uh, the smallest insect that may crawl across your body or that disgusting rat that may crawl across your foot while you might be outside somewhere. You know what? We would think that we would be worth no more, no more value than a bug or, or a rat or something else. And unfortunately in America, our society has progressively removed God from its laws and removed God from its morals. And God and His standards have been continuously challenged by humanistic standards and, and evolutionary teaching and, and, and everything. And as a result now, against, uh, it's now against the law to kill a, a baby eagle or even damage a baby eagle's egg. But aborting a human child is federal endorsed and has federal funds to 
to abort a child. An unborn eagle has more value than an unborn child in the time that we're living in. Why? Because if God hasn't created us, or if we think God has not created us, we have no rational foundation to believe that there's any difference. There's perfect logical reason to think that I have no value. And when we that type of thinking takes a hold of society and begins to uh, uh, be governed by a concept that's called uh, utilitarianism, it is that belief that people are only valuable as long as they are useful. People cease, but people uh, cease to be useful. They, they 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 would cease to have any value if they're not useful anymore. And I want to tell you today that God is not pleased with that kind of thinking in our society because to God, all mankind has value. Every person that breathes has value. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what's happened to your life. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care if you've been torn. I don't care if you've been ripped. I don't care if you've been crumpled on. I don't care if somebody has stomped on you and buried you in the ground to make you feel like that you're nothing and you're nobody. I'm telling you today, you have value today because God created you. You have worth today because God created you. I don't care what your mama said about you. I don't care what your daddy said about you. I don't care that you've been through a divorce that was bitter and it made you feel like you have no value. You have no worth. Let me do better than that. I don't care if you went to a church that cast you out and said you weren't worth anything and you weren't worth saving. I come to tell you today that God created you and God loves you and you're worth saving because God created you. Genesis 1 and 27 tells us that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and free female. He created him. Genesis 2 and 7 declares that the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into him the nostrils of breath, breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. For that reason, God values all people, especially people uh, that the world would overlook, especially people, hallelujah, that looks like they've been wasted and they're no good. It's Society wants to throw them away and toss them aside, but God still loves them and God still kills about them. It doesn't matter what you've been through, whether you've done it to yourself or whether somebody else has done it to you. You have value today. God is the giver of life. Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 28. Uh, uh, the writer said, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And he hath made of one blood of all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. They that should seek the Lord if happy where they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He's not very far from us today because verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. To God, all human life has value because he made them and he gave them value. Amen. Do you hear today? And you have blood coursing through your body and you're breathing. You have value. Amen. And you matter.
Now I understand that somebody here today may be thinking, well, preacher, that all sounds good. But if that's true, why do I feel so worthless? Why do I feel so useless that God values me? I can hear the voice of people saying today, yeah, I understand that ideal. Understand that I, I may be fearfully and I may be wonderfully made. My body is absolutely understand a biological wonder and that God created me. But yeah, you know, I, I don't feel so valuable. You may be thinking, you know, I, I, I got, if I got such a great, great gift, I mean, look at me. You might be thinking, I'm, I'm just too old. My preacher, you don't know where I come from. I'm just too poor. I'm not very smart. I'm not. I'm not much to look at today, and I. I don't have much talent. I'm not a very talented person. I. I was born from the wrong family, and I look. I, I've been abused. I, I've been misused. I've been forgotten, and and, and we could feel, do. We could just fill in the blank with I'm not this, or I'm not that, or I'm this, or I'm that. You may feel like you don't have abilities or skills, and that 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 uh, things are are not. You know, nothing's going to make a difference in your life. You may feel shortchanged today, and I and I understand that kind of thinking. I I mean, in reality, some of us are getting older, and, and some of us are, are maybe not as strong as we used to be, and, and some of us we may be uh, challenged in some areas of our life, and, and no doubt life has dropped some people in this place today, and you are broken, and you feel broken, and there's circumstances in your life that has broken us, and we feel like we're not very much work. The truth of the matter is, there's something that's called sin that has affected every one of us today. Amen. I don't care if you've been in church all your life or this is the first time you've ever been in church. Sin has affected everyone. And sin tries to devalue us. Sin tries to make us feel and appear the fact that we are invaluable. The Bible tells us in Romans 6 and 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. James 1 and 5, the half-brother Jesus wrote and said, Then when love has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. Sin brings death to our lives. And when something is dead, it appears to have no value. There's not one of us that if we've had an animal and that animal passes away, that animal has value to us because it brings life to us. Or should, sometimes they don't <laughs> If you've got a dog that's precious to you, you love that animal, or cat, whatever you are, a cat or a dog person, maybe a goat person. I actually seen a goat on the front porch the other day. It's okay. That's what you like. It's like it's all right. If it bring, if it has life and and it brings value to you, it's okay. But let me tell you what: if something happens to that animal and it dies, you're not going to leave it laying on your couch, right? Because now that it has no life in it, because death is there. You're going, to, you're going to get rid of that animal. You're going to bury it. You're going to proper burying or whatever you do with your, with your animals. But the reason so many people feel so invaluable is that sin is bringing death to your life. You see, every one of us, if we're fighting anything inside of us that makes us feel like we're not worth anything, it's because somehow sin is trying to attack our life. And sin brings death to our life. Genetic. And sin makes us feel death. And, and, and I just admit, with the, with the illustration I just gave to us about, about our animals, when that animal, there's no life in it, it's no value to us no more. I mean, I mean how many would buy a, uh, a flashlight where you couldn't change out the batteries? Once the batteries went dead on it, you know what? You don't keep trying to use that flashlight. No. You put new batteries in there. If it's a throwaway, you throw it away. It's of no value no more. And that's what Satan is trying to do to people today. He's trying to bring sin to our life. 
and sin, Brother Donnie, will bring death. It will make us feel like we're not worth anything. And our feeling of worth is always increased in direct relation to how much we allow Jesus to touch our lives. I read to you a second ago, Romans 6.23, where it said the wages of sin is death. But I'm thankful that's not all that scripture says. That scripture has more to it. Because it says for the wages of sin is death. But it has a but in there. I'm thankful that God will always put a but inside of our world and try to change some things alive. He says the wages of sin is death. But what does he say? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today on this Easter Sunday, I want to tell someone that God has a gift of life for you. Amen. You may feel like you're invaluable. You may feel like you're worthless. You may feel like that, that, that nobody cares about you and, and that, that nobody thinks anything of you and your life is of very little value. I understand you may feel that way, but I want to tell you today, God wants to add value to your life today. God wants to do something for you. Hallelujah. You know, if some of you raise your hands again if, if you receive blood sometime. If, some, if you receive blood, if you're, if you're the person who received blood in your life. Several have received blood. And those of us who have given blood, guess what you've done? You helped give this person life. You gave them value again. You know what? Through, through your gift of giving natural blood, you're, you helped somebody else live. But let me tell you today, the greatest blood gift that was ever given to mankind was when Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and he shed blood for me. Oh, come on, Brother John. When I, when I was sin, when I was in sin, let me tell you what, Jesus shed his blood. He went far beyond giving and making possible the gift of physical life hallelujah for several individuals but his blood had the power to take away the sins of this world hallelujah I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus today I'm thankful praise God what sin is trying to take away from me what sin is trying to remove from me and take from me God has given to me life the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 5 he says for when we were still without strength in due time Christ for the ungodly but God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us while we were in our sin and while we were feeling invaluable and Satan was beating us down with sin God loved us enough that he still went to Calvary when he seen you already dead and already in your sin it didn't matter to him he knew we were saving he went to the cross for you anyway he shed blood for you anyway the Apostle Peter went on to write, Hallelujah, he said, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. First Peter 1, 18 through 20. You know what? He looked, and from the foundation of, of creation, Brother David, he's seen us. He's seen you sitting in this building today. He knew that you was going to be here on this April the 21st of 2019. He knew you was going to be in this condition that you were, whether you're broken or whether you feel like you've got it all together. If you do have it all together, it's only because of the blood of Jesus. And if you don't have it all together today, it is only by the blood of Jesus that you can get it together. I want to tell you today, Jesus wants to give you life today with the gift that he shed for you on the cross of Calvary. The greatest gift that was ever given was the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today, it's not something we want to talk about. There's one translation of the Bible that completely took the word blood completely out of it. I want to thank God for the blood today. Brother David, there was a drop of blood that was shed for me. Praise God. There was a drop of blood that he shed for me and he shed for you. And it doesn't take but one drop of 
that bloody cross. You hear me today? It was a bloody place, brother, brother Eddie. So Daddy, it was a bloody place the cross was. As they drug him away and they began to, the Bible said, buffet him, hit him. The blood didn't start at the cross. No doubt it started from some of the punches when they began to punch him. Bust an eye open, bust a cheek open, the blood began to run down his body. And they began to take the, the cat of nine tails and begin to flog him and tie him to a post. And they took that cat of nine tails and it was traditionally, they said it was a whip that had bones and meat, had bones and, and, and metal and, and rocks and such that was tied to the end of this uh, whip that had nine, uh, cat of nine tails, it had nine uh, fingers that come off that thing and they would hit the back of Jesus or wherever it may hit, it would sink into his body and then it would just jerk it back out of his body. It would rip and the blood would begin to run down his body. And Sister Karen, they took that nail, they took that uh, crown of thorns that they made for him and shoved it on top of his head. Always and always and did you know we get a thorn from a rose and we think it hurts from out here somewhere, Brother David. That the thorn they said historically they talk about they was anywhere from two to three and four inches long. And I could just see one piercing his brow. Oh, come on, people pierce all, all over their bodies nowadays. But Jesus was the first one that ever, he, he's the only one that really ever needed to pierce anything for us. And he was pierced, hallelujah. And it, well, I could just see it going through his eyebrow or, or going through parts of his body. And the blood began to flow from his body. As he hung on that cross, they drove them nails into his hands. And they drove them nails into his feet. And the blood flowed. And finally, they took a spear or sword. And they shoved it into his side. And the Bible said the blood of martyr began to flow out of him. All that blood, Donnie Norris, that was flowing from him. If every one of us sitting in this building today. Brother Ronnie Norris, everybody behind us, he shed blood for us. Anybody that's going to be born before us, there was enough blood shed for everybody. As I said, my wife works at Baptist Health in Madisonville. She's a phlebotomist. She is the one that's over the blood, the uh, blood donation center. She's the one that schedules blood donations. And sometimes, Brother Cliff, they'll get a phone call and say, look, we need this certain type of blood. We're really low on it. You need to... And they'll make phone calls. And if you fit that blood, that blood recommendation, they'll be calling and saying, look, we need this blood. Can you come in and donate when Jesus died on that cross, there's not a shortage of his blood. It's never going to run out. Sister Stephanie, that blood is enough blood for everybody here. You see, John the Baptist told his disciples in John 1 29, he said, Behold, he seen Jesus walking, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Apostle John wrote, and he said in 1 John 2 and 2, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Second Peter 3 and 9, the Apostle Peter wrote, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not the will of God for you to feel invaluable today. It's not the will of God for you to perish without having his blood in your life. I'm fixing to bring this to a close today. I was Easter. We have a lot we need to do or want to do today. But the most important thing is what we're doing here today, right now. 
If you take a crowd this size, you take a crowd this size, then it's inevitable that someone sitting here under the sound of my voice is feeling depression and feeling like you're invaluable. And I come to tell you today that God wants to add value to your life. Amen. Acts 1 and 8, it says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God wants to give you power today. Power to make you see and realize that you have value. I want to tell you how to let Jesus give you this gift of life today. No doubt, every one of us has bought a gift for a child at Christmas or for a birthday. And you've watched as they've unwrapped it or pulled it out of the bag or, or out of the box or whatever way you give it to them. And they open the box and there is this incredible toy. It has all kinds of buttons and switches and it's an absolute wonder, electronic wizardry and just then the child begins to grab it and he turns it on and nothing happens. Why? Because we forgot to put the batteries in. Matter of fact, we forgot to buy the batteries at all. You don't have batteries in your house. <laughs> and now your kid, your kid's sitting there with this incredible, marvelous toy and it has all kinds of potential and it can't do anything with it. Because we lack the power to turn it on. It was so simple to put batteries in it, but we overlooked it. The power for us as Christians, people, what brings value to people is attained upon the simple act of putting His power inside our lives. The act of bringing value to us, Brother Donnie, is putting his power in us. We put the power inside us by being born again. John 3 and 5 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born of the water of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Today, the way we're going to get this power inside us today is we've got to be born again. Amen. We have to be born again. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.38, he said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38 is a type of our Easter story today. Because repentance is a type of Jesus dying on the cross. We repent after our sins. When he was buried in the tomb, it's a type of baptism like we're going to do Ronnie and Ashley here just a little bit out there in our trough. We're going to bury them in the water and we're going to call the name of Jesus Christ on them. That's when the blood of Jesus is applied to your life. And then when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that Hallelujah. Comes through the new life. Praise God. How he was raised from the grave. That same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power that comes inside of you and fills you with the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you today, when Jesus died on the cross, his blood became the ultimate sacrifice to redeem us from that life of sin and death. If we will give our life to Him through the new birth process. Without being born again, folks, we're just a fancy Christmas toy that has no battery power to make it work. Without the blood of Jesus in our lives, Sister Angie, we have 
this marvelous, wonderful body that God created. And there's no power inside of us to give us value. But the blood of Jesus gives us the greatest gift of all. Life. He has created us to do something very, very special. He designed you today with purpose. What is Easter about? Easter is about bringing value to your life. When he died on that cross, his blood will bring you life if he will apply to you through the birth process. Would you stand with me today? I'm hoping that you can get down and get up here in time to play this song. But today I want to give you an invitation. You're worth saving. Today, if you're struggling with value in your life, it's one step away today. You can come to this altar and you can repent the type of Jesus dying on the cross. We have a tank out here that's ready to baptize somebody. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. So I invite you today to come pray. If you don't feel comfortable coming up here and praying today, you'll have to pray in your seat. It's your words saying that. Come on. Would you pray today? Would you seek God's face today? Maybe it's right at your seat. God would like to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to add value to your life today. He wants to add value to your life today. Come on. Come on, listen to this song if you never heard it. He thought you were worth saving. Come on, He came to give you life today. Come on, love Him today. Let Him touch you in this place today.